It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. I'm doing my Lauren Bacall imitation today. Uh, <laughs> and you're very good at it. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be one that we're going to do all day today. But uh, welcome to the show. I so appreciate each and every one of you who join us. You're each treasured. You're valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. I mean, who would have ever dreamed that we'd be in the situation that we are, but we are. And uh, so we were made for this moment. And so step into this with courage and um, realize that we are Americans and we do indeed stand on the shoulders of giants. Uh, you're each treasured, valued, you have purpose and strive for excellence today. Thank you for uh, to this team that I get to work with. And that is producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday to you, producer Steve. Well, thank you. Happy Friday to you. And, you know, some Fridays are better than others because uh, <clears throat> this one's a payday. Ah, well, good, good. That's always a good day for sure. Hey, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And sign up for our weekly newsletter and uh, you'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests as well as our most recent op-eds and our most recent podcasts. We did a podcast with uh, Dr. Jill Vecchio yesterday on The Great Reset. And so we'll roll that out this weekend. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us and contribute. um, We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity. By looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom, if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Hey, um, can I say what? something about that podcast? Sure. Listening to you, you and Jill lay that down. Uh, you know, we all know by now that Jill's like a dog with a bone when she gets on a topic, and it doesn't have to be necessarily medically related. Right. And man, did she go with this one and. From what I'm hearing, uh, I, I hear a lot of Glenn Beck when I leave the, the studio in the morning. Obviously, okay, Glenn, he just completed a book called The Great Reset, so he's talking a lot about it, and we don't know how that works. But put that aside for a second, and people need to get to know what The Great Reset is all about. It is a must. Well, it really is, and we you're seeing it actually... It's been going on for many years, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. When I was on as city council from 2012 to 2016, I could see this continued, uh, oh, they called it transit-oriented development, where they used public policy. They were going to build four and five-story, three, four, five-story apartment buildings. People were going to want to live in those. They were going to want to live by uh, trains so that they could go to and fro-, fro on their lives on trains. Well, we figured out that people actually really like their cars. Young people, after living in an apartment for a while, would really like to have their own home. But it's been all part of the Great Reset, where the elite think that everyday people should live in dense uh, urban centers, uh, and then the rest of the, the the land should be you know open to um, flora and fauna. And so this policies have been going on for quite some time. And then I still have to get my teeth into it. But even on the local level, um, we have um, 
Oh, it's a it's a like Excel Energy Partners that um, the, the Lone Tree City Council and I was trying to, to I talked with one of the planners I was trying to figure out you know what this is going to be exactly I said when is this going to come before council she goes well I'm not sure it's going to come before council I'm like well how can how can there be something binding if it's not going to come before council well it may just be a memorandum of understanding. Well, my friends, that is not representative government, and it's 47 pages long. I need to take a little time and really understand it, but it's, it's um, you know, reduction of um, the use of energy. And, and you know what, Producer Steve, I was thinking the Lone Tree City Council's done a really good job in reducing energy. When you look at all those empty, uh, out-of-business uh, restaurants up and down Yosemite, they're not using energy anymore, so they've been pretty successful on that, Steve. Kudos to them, yes. Yeah, they were able to get their plants going. And so what you see is when you have government that comes in and they think that they can control your lives, uh, they really can't do a very good job on that. But that was, well, I guess that's all part of this great reset, Steve. Well, I think one of the things that caught me right off the from the beginning, again, referring to this podcast, um, was the amount of time that it's already been out there and they've been working on it. So we're all familiar now after the last two years with the word virus. This is in a sense, a different kind of virus, a governmental virus, and it's going from country to country. Yes, and but it's really been since, oh gosh, the 80s um, that this thing's been going on, and it's been on both sides of the aisle. <clears throat> so it's at least good that the, the light is being shown on this. And then, of course, we see with, and we'll talk with Josh Phillip in segments three and four, and that energy, you know, th- this whole green energy thing, you're not seeing Putin go after Germany's um, windmills and their sol- their solar panels. Uh, quite frankly, and you always bring me back, you say, Kim, we need to make sure that we're, people know we're not against any kind of energy. But when you have government trying to force people into a specific energy source that's not efficient, it's not reliable, it's not affordable, and it's not abundant, well, what kind of problem can you have then, right? So you see Putin going after what is reliable, affordable, efficient, and abundant. <coughs> so let me continue on here. A couple of things, though. Uh, I, I did want to mention, uh, first of all, uh, so many great partners of the show. One of those is Hooters Restaurants, and they sponsor both my shows. They've been longtime sponsors. It's kind of a long story how we became friends. Again, it was when I was on city council, and, and I can tell you that story at some other point in time, but it was uh, when government was wanting to pick winners and losers, and that's not the role of government. And so they've been really great sponsors of the show, and they have happy hours Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m., a dine-in only, and half off uh, beer, cheese, pretzels, boneless wings, lots of tots, uh, buffalo shrimp, and fried pickles. And so just a great place to get together with friends. We've taken it for granted to get together with people up until COVID. So be sure and get together with friends at Hooters restaurants. And let's go to our quote for the day, Steve. <coughs> Here we go. Okay. It's from Aesop. And, he's, and Aesop was a Greek a fabulist and storyteller, credited with a number of fables, now collectively known as Aesop's fables. Although his existence remains unclear, and no writings by him survive. Numerous tales credited to him were gathered across the centuries and in many languages. And a storytelling tradition that continues to this day. Born in 620, he died in 564. He says this, the tyrant will always find a pretext for his tyranny. Steve, take it from there. 
Well, okay. Uh, when you just quoted or, or just specified his uh, his existence here, 620 B.C. and died in 564 B.C. And I know I sound like a broken record every time we have one of these uh, particular quotes of the day that really hits home. The tyrant will always find a pretext for his tyranny. And I want to say again, nothing has changed in human nature since the time of Aesop. And the founders knew that. And um, I am actually hearing from millennials that had kind of been buying into this whole, you know, this this whole Green Deal. Uh, I'm hearing them say, wait a minute, the founders had a great idea in... Um, separation of power and so there's a great awakening occurring but gosh but uh, steve as i look at things i'm i'm concerned can we survive until we can get to people really waking up um wanted to mention one other thing and that is the bill of the day and this is uh here we go it is protections for elections officials and it says um it's basically it sponsors our representatives monica duran Emily Sirota, both Democrats, Senators Stephen Finberg and Brittany Peterson, Democrats. And it says the bill makes it unlawful for a person to threaten, coerce, or intimidate, or attempt to threaten, coerce, or intimidate an election official with the intent to interfere with the performance of the official's duties or with the intent to retaliate against the official for the performance of the official's duties. The prohibition does not apply to an enforcement action taken by the Secretary of State to enforce state election laws. Can you see how almost funny this is, Steve? This gives Jenna Griswold, you know, look at what they did to Tina Peters, who is is now uh, running for Secretary of State. They went in, they raided her offices, they raided her home, they used the FBI, and uh, they say that uh, that um, the prohibition does not apply to, uh, to actions taken by the Secretary of State. Can you believe the way this whole thing looks? Well, okay, you already kind of alluded to it. The timing is just incredibly good or bad, depending on which side of the issue you stand on. But I asked you, because I can't really see the bill of the day today due to some technical flop, but it, uh, you know, what is the, the, what is the definition of the word threaten? And my first thought was Jenna Griswold said, in other words, nobody can tell the truth. So right. they, any type of truth telling or exposure is is now going to be be perceived as a threat, right? As intimidation. This is unbelievable. And then once again, it gives the Secretary of State carte blanche to do whatever she wants. That's why I really think the Secretary of State um, uh, election is probably the most important in the in the state. And so that's something we really need to be active in. But let's jump over here to one of our really great sponsors. And that is Mary Alperts. She and her uh, co-owner, Steve Cruz of Three Points Financial, uh, are just really appreciate them. And it's a, it's Friday, so we get to talk to Mary. Mary, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. I hope your voice gets better soon. Oh, my gosh. I tell you what, Mary, you know, the show must go on, but um, it's been an interesting week for sure. Um, but I think I feel better than I sound, so that's good. That is good. Yeah. Um, so... I wanted to talk about a volatile market because I thought that was pretty, um, pretty appropriate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was trying to find the right word to say. Yes, pretty appropriate right now. Um, you know, uh, and I just want to kind of give some encouragement here. Um, 
no one can consistently predict the market. We don't know for certain when it goes up or down over a period of time. You know, we can study segments of the market and we can study past risks of investments, and that can be valuable when you're designing a portfolio and also when you're realizing that the markets go up and down through all kinds of what is then half past history. And um, so if you have a well-balanced portfolio that's designed for your age, your time frame, your goal, and other assets, we recommend that you talk with a professional, you know, make sure those decisions are good ones. And, of course, taxes have a lot to do with it. But at Three Points Financial, we recommend long-term investments with low cost, low internal turnover, and ones that are invested as they were designed to invest. In other words, uh, the investment you have is, is called what it really is, and you really understand what it is. So volatility, when it happens, like now, um, my advice is if you have the appropriate allocation between stocks and bonds and a good solid holdings of stocks with long-term track records that fit your goals, is to really sit on your hands and even put a small replica of a turtle near your computer. And I say that because... Uh, true story, when my son and daughter were are, but when they were young, they were very good chess players, and they played around the country in tournaments, and my son was very young. And parents weren't allowed to say anything, but even though some of them did anyway, but <laughs> we could be in the room, and my son's instinct was to move his pieces very quickly. So I would often wear a bracelet with little small turtles on it to the chess match, and I coached him to sit on his hands so that he would think a little bit longer before making his move. And I think that applies to investments. You know, don't make emotional or quick moves. For instance, last week after the market was down for several days, it climbed over 800 points in one day, which is an enormous pop-up. So what if you had sold the day before? You would have lost that. Mm -hmm. So at Three Points Financial... You know, we encourage clients to feel comfortable with and understand their portfolios. That's probably one of the most important things. Understand why you're invested in what you're invested in. And to talk with us if, if you know, they are concerned. And we'll review together cha any changes that should be made. But most of the time, unless the portfolio will benefit from some kind of rebalancing anyway, it is built to survive some level of volatility, um, sort of like the fable, the tortoise and the hare. Um, yeah. You're looking at it long term and you're investing in a consistent endurance journey. And um, usually that ends up winning. Well, Mary, it, it, absolutely. And it makes so much sense that I'm just kind of smiling. You and I didn't even um, coordinate that we'd be talking about Aesop's fables, the tortoise and the hare. And that happened to be the quote for today as well. So great minds oh, think no, alike. <laughs> Isn't that the funny? Time, yeah, the first time you quoted something that's hanging in our conference room. That's about right. Taxes and laws. That's right. That's right. So, well, Mary, that makes so much sense. I so recommend that people reach out to you. And the best way is just to go to your website, correct? What is that? Um, three points with an S, financial.com. The three is spelled out. And um, and then there's a, some place that you can fill out, you know, just I would like 
a consultation and you tell us a little bit about yourself and we go from there. Well, sounds great, Mary. We will talk to you. I guess it'll be Steve next week. And that is threepointsfinancial.com. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye-bye. And we'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. On the line with me is Eric Odlin, and he is a candidate for Congressional District 7. And uh, it's been a while since we've talked to him. Eric Odlin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, Kim. Good morning. Well, uh, greetings to you as well. Eric, so much has changed since we last talked. And when you, um, I mean, you're a veteran. And um, if I remember right, you're a Bronze uh, bronze Star recipient, correct? I have two Bronze Stars, one for Valor. Okay. What do you think about what's happening in our world right now, Eric? Well, I think it's a very complex situation, and I and a lot of the rhetoric is very concerning to me because it's not nuanced. And, that, and so, of course, I'm referring to the situation in Ukraine. And i got to say, my heart goes out to the Ukrainian citizens. I mean, I, I, I have experienced combat. I've seen uh, civilian casualties in war, and it, it is heartbreaking. And I also want to caution people to use discernment and not rush to a conclusion because this is a very dangerous situation. Well, you're running for Congress, and when you decided to run for Congress, that was quite some time ago. Um, when you get to Washington, what's going to be the number one thing that's going to be on your agenda to work on? Well, if I was in there right now, I would be providing a voice or reason uh, in Congress with with respect to the situation between Ukraine and Russia. The United States needs to be very clear on its interests in this matter, and I, I am very concerned that, about the war hawk rhetoric that wants us to get involved militarily because that could be disastrous for this country. So we've got to approach it with caution. Uh, we've got to get uh, certain elements of the United States back in check because the Biden administration has seemingly done everything it can to weaken this country and and put us in a position where we can't respond to the global instability. In fact, we've been uh, contributing to that 
Americans should not forget that the Biden administration led us to an absolute disaster in Afghanistan, which has emboldened Russia and China and enemies around the globe. And so we have to get our energy independence back. I spent a decade in the oil and natural gas industry all over the country, all over the world. We can do that swiftly. We've got to stop accepting Russian oil. There is no reason we should be buying Russian oil. We need to sanction it immediately and turn on the Keystone XL pipeline and get back to producing in this country in a smart and balanced way. Uh, The other thing, Kim, is that our military readiness has been impacted by multiple decades of counterinsurgency warfare. We've got to get our competencies back. We've lost many of our training and competencies that allow us to fight such wars, uh, land wars. Um, we've become a global police force. We've got to retool the military. We've got to kickstart the economy. We know that inflation is out of control. A lot of that is a product of, of out of control spending in Congress. I would, I would get a handle on that immediately. Uh, a component of our economy, a key component is our, our energy independence and how we're producing our energy. So we, we, we've got to do a lot of things to make America strong so that we're poised to address uh, very dangerous situations all over the globe. Well, Eric, um, my researcher, Patty, had she's encouraged me, and I've kind of forgotten as I've had many of these candidates on, so I'm now trying to remember that. And James Madison said it will be of little avail to the people that the laws are made by men of their own choice if the laws be so voluminous that they cannot be read or so incoherent that they cannot be understood. And I was just referring to this, quote-unquote, possible memorandum of understanding here in the city of Lone Tree that's 47 pages long. I mean, you, you put that stuff there at the local level, and then you have stuff at the county and the state and the national level, and um, Patty's really encouraging, uh, and, and I agree with her, to ask our candidates to pledge that you will not pass any law that you can't read. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I can make that pledge. We shouldn't be passing it if it's unconstitutional. It needs to first pass that litmus test. And, and the complexity of government always leads to increased waste, less efficiency, and less capability, and it always makes the drain on the middle and lower classes. So I I agree with that quote. Uh, Simplicity is best, and what we need is a wise population of responsible adults who will do the right thing. We don't need to continue to centralize power at the federal government level. And government throughout history has always devolved into becoming an end in itself, where it serves its own interests. And I think Mm -hmm. we can see that in Washington Our politicians, in many respects, are not serving their constituency. They're not doing the right thing. We also have to get out of the mindset that there's some magic bullet legislation that is going to solve all our problems. We don't need more government. We need less government. Government has become a a suffocating influence in the American way of life, and it, it continually makes things worse. We can see the result of all these failed policies over the last year how, how all the, you know, the crisis we're in, whether it's economic, whether it's the southern border, whether it's crime that's out of control, the disaster in Afghanistan, the situation with Ukraine and Russia, is, is a result of failed government policies. I mean, we, we, we've got to stop looking into the government to solve all our problems because that actually creates more problems. 
Well, wasn't it Milton Friedman that said that if you put government in charge of the Sahara Desert, that uh, eventually they'd run out of sand? I mean, government is not the answer. And, and, and just nuances of words, Eric, and that is, as we've re- referred to, like local elected officials or elected officials, they're not, uh, they're not officials. They are representatives of the people. And then I guess the last question I want to ask is, this whole administrative state, we've abdicated, um, or Congress has abdicated their responsibility to all of these um, alphabet, well, I guess it would be the executive branch that did all the alphabet soup um, different agencies, but they've abdicated their, their responsibilities to that so that they don't have to be responsible for the, the tough decisions. But yet these, um, these bureaucrats are not accountable to the people. And we got to walk that back, Eric. I 100% agree, Kim. The unelected bureaucracy has been ruling by fiat and not checked by the, the legislative powers and seems to operate outside of due process of law. We can see that through the pandemic, how that occurred. We can see that with our intelligence agencies and even our military. We, we need a strong legislative body that will check the powers of the executive branch. Is that has also ruled by fiat without mandate by the American people, especially recently. And it, it, is, uh, it is part of that waste and abuse uh, that, that becomes this engine of power that is it's for its own self. And that, that needs to be addressed. It is not a simple task, and it's not something that can be done overnight. It's something that's going to take a lot of good people who love this country working diligently uh, to, to turn this ship and get it uh, back to its founding principles, which is is what is best for the people, because that we can see that what's made this country great uh, was uh, a government that is uh, designed and, and uh, 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 champions the rights of the individual, right? I mean, so uh, we have a lot of work to do, and we need, we need good people to do that work. Well, I am so encouraged, Eric Odlin, as I see people stepping forward like you are for CD7. Uh, I'm really encouraged. I'm con- I'm concerned that uh, Biden is trying to, these policies are, the Biden, pol- let me put it that way, the Biden policies are, look like they're trying to really destroy our country. So we've got, we've got a lot of work to do. Eric Odlin, how can people get more information about you? The best place to start is my website. There's a lot of information, videos, radio interviews, position statements, et cetera. It's very comprehensive. You can know where I stand. It's Odland, which is spelled A-A-D-L-A-N-D, for Colorado.com. Odland, F-O-R, Colorado.com. Best place to start, Kim. Okay, Eric Odland, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful morning. Okay, you too. And Karen Levine, a great sponsor of both the shows, The Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories is on the line. And uh, Karen Levine, you are an award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance. You work tirelessly on the local, the state, and the national level. Uh, to protect home ownership, private property rights. And I know that you've, are you still out at the national convention or are you back? Well, I was actually at the REMAX International Convention and I am back. Okay, so okay. I am sitting in my home. Okay. Well, any anything new that you learned at the REMAX National Convention? Well, I learned a lot of great stuff. Um, It's always very robust with great education and 
more, most importantly or more importantly is networking, hearing what's happening around the world. But uh, Remax was excited to announce that we sold 20 million transactions. We helped 20 million families move across the world. Oh, and that is rec- record-breaking for any uh, real estate franchise or real estate company. And so that was pretty amazing to think about that. And the average agent in the United States sells over 15 homes uh, a year, which is way above the national average. The National Association of Realtors average is at about seven. You're very busy. And I know that you had a great year last year, even though we talk about on a regular basis how you know, how challenging it is, but that's why people need to have you on their side of the table, whether or not they're buying or selling or a new build, because um, you've got so much experience over all the years. And uh, I know that you had a great year last year. I was very blessed. I had a really um, challenging year, but very good year. We were able to help a lot of families with their real estate needs, which is really, I'm here to serve and to help them achieve those goals. Okay. And Karen, when we have you and Lauren on, Patty has been pulling this, all this information about the uh, Boulder County Marshall Fire victims. And I'd seen all these signs about net zero. Like when I, if I've been going into town, say on Washington, and I see all, you know, which is kind of um, a a lot of uh, more progressive. signs may I put it that way it says net zero I didn't realize what that meant but what it really means is it's building restrictions that are increasing the cost of homes significantly and for the Marshall fire um, people are saying this is unreasonable so what's your quick comment on that and we'll do a more of a show on that well I think it is a lot of what Eric was saying which is public policy that has gotten pass through that sounds very good initially. It sounds like we're being thoughtful to our environment. We're being thoughtful um, to our resources. And yet that thoughtfulness passes down to the consumer. And in the case of the Marshall fires, here are a thousand homes that were destroyed that will be rebuilt at a potential cost minimally of $350,000 more just because of restrictions, just because of building code requirements. Okay, now I hadn't seen that three hundred fifty thousand. I'd seen uh, twenty to hundred thousand, but really three hundred fifty thousand. That's what we're. That's the number that we're hearing is that because of all the net zero legislation, um, and just like I use a very common something some that general public would understand. Every garage bay must have a charging station for an electric vehicle. Every garage bay. Wow. Every garage bay. Not one for the home, but every garage bay. Wow. And, okay, we're going to have to have a whole conversation about this, uh, Karen Levine. So uh, how can people reach you? They can reach me best by giving me a phone call at 303-877. Seven five one six. Again, that's Karen Levine, 303-877-7516. Karen, we'll talk to you next week. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. 
This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. I'm thrilled to have on the line with me Josh Phillip. I think he's one of the most important journalists in the country. He's a senior investigative uh, reporter with the Epoch Times. Uh, Josh Phillip, welcome to the show. Hey, Kim. Always good being here. Boy, Josh, since we last talked, the world has changed significantly. Uh, where do you want to start? Probably Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine, probably. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's kind of what we expected. You know, we, just being realistic. I think we talked about the possibilities of this, and I think last time we talked as well, the discussion we had was that very likely uh, Russia would probably probably would invade Ukraine, but of course the Chinese Olympics were making that difficult because they didn't want to make the CCP look bad during the Olympics. Sure enough, they went until afterwards, and now reports are coming out suggesting, or saying at least, that the Chinese Communist Party actually made an agreement with Russia to wait until after the Olympics. And so, yeah, here we are right now. Um, So there's a few points to dig into that I think people would have questions about. One is you know, what is Russia really doing? Uh, is it, you know, I, I've actually seen both sides of the aisle, which has been interesting. Uh, there are some people who think Russia is maybe, like, justified in this. You know, of course, they make their own justification. There are people who think that Russia is maybe, like, destroying uh, American biolabs. You know, and if you look at the maps, of course, they do overlap. But I think there's more to that. <clears throat> then on the other side, of course, there's just the corruption in Ukraine. Um, I have a Ukrainian friend who I was talking to and about some of this, and I can get into that as well. Uh, and then also, of course, the I think the significance of what Russia is doing as it relates to what the CCP and Russia's strategy is. Uh, the important part to remember is that Russian military strategy is based on Duganism, which is about controlling the whole, whole Eurasian uh, region and then working closely with China through that. And so... In reality, their, their whole strategy for this is actually public. It's been public for a long time. And their stated intentions to do this has been public for a very long time and why they intend to do it. Uh, so, Kim, any, anything, any rabbit hole you want to go down, I'm up for. Well, um, they didn't do this when Trump was president. I, 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 I find it somewhat interesting that there were those that were saying, oh, Trump was Putin's lackey, and uh, and I'm kind of like, wait, this doesn't match up. If Trump was Putin's lackey, then why didn't Putin actually do the invasion when Trump was president? Uh, what you, how would you respond to that? Well, you know, I've actually seen a lot of the mainstream media trying to blame this on Trump, and I'm, I'm kind of laughing to myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, what was the New START treaty again? Remember that? What was the New START yeah. treaty when uh, – 
you know, Obama, it was an Obama administration policy, and they had Hillary Clinton hand Putin this like little box with a big red button on it, and they pushed it together. Remember that? <laughs> no, you know, I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! You don't? Yeah. No. Yeah, it was it was the, it was the re, it was the restart of U.S. Russian diplomacy right after that uh, Russia invades uh, Crimea. Um, so that was Obama, right? New Start Treaty. Hillary Clinton was Uranium One, if you remember. Right. Um, and then Hunter Biden with Burisma. And so Biden, Clinton, and Obama actually had very close ties. Well, not, of course, Burisma was with um, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But all of them had real, real serious ties to that whole region. Um, and so you know, the, the whole idea that Trump was Putin's lackey is nonsense. Of course, that was all based on disinformation. Trump actually, I think, in my opinion, this is just purely opinion, but I think Trump actually could have prevented this from happening had the Democrats not really thrown a wedge between him and Putin and not allowed them to really even talk. Um, because remember, Trump couldn't even engage with Putin without this being framed with the whole, you know, right. Mueller investigation and all that stuff because of what the Democrats did. They prevented him from having diplomacy with Russia. Well, and and refresh my memory, but wasn't one of the reasons that Trump was impeached was because he made a phone call to Zelensky? I believe it was. They said there was quid pro quo. Meanwhile, um, you know, you have Biden going on stage and admitting to quid pro quo were actually about the Burisma deal with Hunter Biden and uh, the Ukrainian you know, the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, um, where he admitted on record that. He engaged in quid pro quo. He says, I, I don't want to repeat what he says, we cursed. But, yeah, he, he admitted that he pressured them to keep the deal, basically. Right. I remember so, that. You know, a, a, the whole Trump-Russia thing, though, was disinformation. It's actually coming out now. The whole thing was just falsified. It's. I don't think we need to dig into that. Um, but, yeah, they, they did impeach Trump over some of this as well, which is beyond bizarre. And any time, you know, they, literally, and as you mentioned, this is important too, they impeached Trump for having a private phone call with a foreign, with another foreign leader. Trump was the president of the United States, and they're trying to get the records of his phone calls. You know, tr- they were they were doing everything they could, it seemed, to prevent him from engaging in, like, normal, like, his normal role as president, basically. And, um, and of course, now they're trying to blame him for the outcome of that. But I, I, frankly, I even doubt that this is in any way a result of lack of engagement. Russia's, Russia's plan to invade and take Ukraine has been public for a very long time. Again, this is Duganism. It's national Bolshevism. Uh, Alexander Dugan. This whole strategy has been public for a long time. This is, it's not, it, it shouldn't surprise anybody, actually. Well, it looks like the people of Ukraine are putting up a fight. And then I looked at the uh, headlines this morning, and it's this this whole nuclear plant that the Russians are, I guess they have control of it now. What's your thoughts about that, Josh? Well, Russia's moving into the major cities on the, you know, the northeast and the, the south, not the west. And so, of course, each of these major cities has all the key assets in it, including, you know, of course, the world's largest nuclear facility, um, including the bio labs and stuff like this. And so, you know, people are looking, of course, at that and saying that maybe that's their real goal is to take these. These are strategic assets. They're definitely trying to take them. Um, but I wouldn't say that they're the main reason for it. Again, Russia's Russia's intention for this is all public already. Um, 
when it comes to the energy plant, this is actually really significant because Russia already has a global monopoly on energy. Remember, back to the New START treaty with Obama and Uranium One, when Hillary Clinton made these you know, deals and the Clinton Foundation was getting donations right alongside these deals being made right. with the people they're making the deals with. Um, that was the, the U.S. Um, intelligence assessment at that time was that, um, sorry, was that Russia was, was planning to get a monopoly on global energy and they were planning to use this as like a type of unconventional weapon, that they would use it to manipulate things. Uh, Russia, really, a lot of Europe is going to have trouble doing a lot against Russia because Russia has a monopoly on energy into Europe, especially like natural gas and stuff like this. If Russia then controls the largest, the world's largest nuclear plant in addition to natural gas and everything else, um, at the very least, you could expect there to be an energy crisis in parts of Europe. Well, Josh, I starkly continue to say I'm, you're, I, I really doubt that Putin is going to invade Germany for their windmills and their solar panels. What's your thoughts on that before we go to break? No, they're not planning to. Again, this is Duganism. Duganism is the adopted military strategy of the Russian military. Uh, it's about controlling the Eurasian region. And this does not include global domination. It, it will work closely with the Chinese Communist Party on that part. Um, but they want to control basically the, the, you know, the former Soviet empire is what they want to do. So do you think he'll stop then with Ukraine? He won't go to Poland or Germany or any of those? Not Germany, but he probably will go to Poland and, uh, you know, a few other countries as well. He'll, he'll probably try to retake a few others, but I, I, don't, I doubt he would do that immediately. But again, who knows? Okay. Uh, Josh Phillip, he is the senior investigative uh, reporter with the Epoch Times. And uh, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, the show comes to you because of great sponsors. And one of those great sponsors is Kirsch Insurance Group. They're specialists in the Medicare arena. And whenever government gets involved, it gets complicated. That's why you need to have Kirsch Insurance Group on your side of the table. So for more information, check out iKirsch. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. That's iKirsch.com. We'll be right back with Josh Phillip. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity. 
by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Another great sponsor that brings this show to you is Castlegate Knife and Tool. Uh, Alan Linnea Van Herkey are true entrepreneurs, and uh, they have knives from the best blade makers from throughout the world. Uh, whether or not you're buying a gift or you're a chef or a sportsman or a collector, Castlegate Knife and Tool is the place for you. On the line with me is Josh Phillip, and uh, he is one of the most uh, important journalists, I think, in the country. He is a senior investigative reporter with the Epoch Times. Josh Phillip, I wanted to ask you, what should the West be doing right now regarding Russia and Ukraine? What, uh, what should our response be? Well, I, you know, I, in some ways, it's a bit... Let, let me step back. In some ways, this is a problem that should have, be hand, that should have already been handled. Typically, when you're dealing with real war, you know, they'll say that real wars are kind of won or lost before they're even fought. Right? You look at like Sun Tzu. Russia already knew it had pretty much the, you know, pretty much the freeway to go and just do whatever they wanted right now. I, I think they understand that they have the ability to do this or they would not have done it. Right. Um, and so we're already past the point where the West can actually stop them as far as I see it. Russia is threatening nuclear war if the West intervenes. And Biden is kind of putting his tail between his legs on that. He made public statements about it. At the same time, personally, I would rather the U.S. not get involved in the war with Russia over Ukraine. Uh, briefly on that, in Ukraine, if you're a senator, you cannot be charged with crimes. You can do anything you want. Um, Ukraine is the wild west of government corruption. A lot of governments around the world go to Ukraine to launder money and commit all kinds of crimes. It, it is the wild west of government corruption. And, you know, I, of course, I think the Ukrainian people are putting up a wonderful fight. And I, I think, uh, you know, we should support them. But it's not a fight, in my opinion, the U.S. should be getting involved with in terms of, you know, rescuing the Ukrainian government itself from this. At the same time, the best possible scenario would be that Ukraine basically stops this, you know, stops this um, movement, this momentum that's beginning with Russia. Because if they can stop it, it means that China is less likely to try to take Taiwan. If, if they can stop it, and if enough, enough is done to really hit them financially, which they're doing, actually, in my opinion, a great job on, it can prevent a lot of these, a lot of the other objectives from being acted upon. And so, ideally, you know, they basically hit Russia as hard as they can on every single non-military means, through every single non-military means they can, and. Um, to be honest, you know, I, I think actually they're doing a good job with it. I think uh, Biden actually made some pretty good sanctions. I, I didn't think he'd do it, but he actually did. And surprisingly, I didn't I, something I did not actually see coming. China actually denied Russia access to their uh, Asian investment bank, um, which I did not see coming. My only analysis on that would be they're probably going to keep it like that for the short term, and they'll probably give it back to them in a year or something like that. Interesting. Um, but basically, if, if Russia can succeed with this, that's that's where things get a bit scary, uh, because what you're what you'd be watching is basically the collapse of the Pax Americana. This this whole idea of peace under America. I, I don't think the world realizes that the past hundred years have been an anomaly in the nature of this world. It has always been the case that strong nations conquer weak nations. It's always been the case that. You know, human rights, is it's really an American concept. Look right. at history and tell me one place where you had this idea. 
you know, the idea of what America did for the world, this idea that people have rights and government is, you know, subservient to the people and that people, countries could be sanctioned if they violate this. This is the Pax Americana. And this is, again, this is very new. If if that system of influence and control that the U.S. has over the world comes to an end, we return to what it used to be like. And so, in my opinion, on a on a broader note, that is the significance of Ukraine. Um, because, again, if Russia can succeed with this, if they can plow through them and just keep moving, uh, we're going to see Russia keep doing this uh, until at least they control, again, the Eurasian, re- the Eurasian region. And we're going to watch China very likely do this. And maybe we're going to watch some other things similar to this happen in other parts of the world. And to me, that's the most concerning part. Well, and if I, I look at America under Biden and I see us very weak, and then I also see this continuing weakening of our military with all of the, uh, you know, the CRT trying to divide people and all the transgender uh, inclusion stuff going on in the military. I was at a, a luncheon of, um, well, it was Marines, and I had asked one of the presenters who was a general, retired general, I said, here we have all of this going on in our military regarding uh, CRT and the LGBTQ agenda, um, which I, I think can, can weaken us. I said, what's going on with China? Are, are they teaching all those things? And didn't really, uh, the, he didn't really know. But I can't think that that is something that is occurring over in the Chinese or the Russian uh, military. Do you happen to know, Josh? In China recently, they legally banned, like it's illegal to have portrayals of effeminate men in popular entertainment. It's illegal there. They're not allowed to do it. In Russia, they promote this macho image. Um, keep in mind that a lot, of the, a lot of the cultural issues we have in the United States, if you go back and look at the, the history of uh, active measures, if you look at the history of uh, subversion, you know, ideological subversion, a lot of it was to do exactly what we see happening in the U.S. right now. A lot of this was, in fact, you know, unconventional war strategies by countries like, you know, the former Soviet Union. And Russia, I think, understands the use of that, which is, you know, if you want to tear down a country, you just have to look at how if you want to tear down an empire and America really is an empire. You have to look at the way that empires in the past collapsed and you just manufacture the same situations. Remember that, you know, during Rome when the, the, you know, the Germanic barbarians were invading, you had people so coddled that they'd be in their baths and they, you know, they wouldn't want to get up and fight to defend their hometowns. They'd be like, I'll take, you know, one more bath. And then, of course, they get slaughtered. If you can manufacture this, this state where men no longer have the will to defend themselves and defend their countries, if they, if they start believing that defense is, and strength is the role of the, uh, the powers that be, not of something that they themselves as part of the body of, of a civilization have, have a responsibility for, you can destroy them easily. And, and I'd say that this is the state that America is rapidly moving towards. You have an older generation that still has this understanding, but the younger generation is being taught otherwise. And, you know, one generation away, you know, think of fighting age men, maybe two generations away, that's going to be what America is. And if other countries are not like that, China makes it illegal to be like that. Um, then, yeah, what, what's going to stop them, frankly? 
Well, and and uh, it's so interesting that you would mention this because this has been percolating under the surface for quite some time here in America. But uh, somebody sent me a video just recently about uh, little kids in preschool regarding again this whole transgender agenda, and um, and and I I I, I compare that with I have. Um, through my America's Veterans Story show, I've gotten to know um, uh, uh, Marines that meet up in North Denver. They're, they're veterans. And I walk into that room, and I'm like, these are warriors. These are men. They've seen terrible things. They're combat veterans. But they have done that because they wanted to protect their families and their country. And um, so we're at a, a real a real tipping point right here in our country. Josh, the conversation goes by way too quickly when you're when you're on the show. We've got probably about three minutes left. How do you want to button this whole thing up? This is an important conversation we're having. Yeah, just briefly, Kim, I, I just finished a week-long investigation in California into the sex ed programs they have there, and maybe in a month or so I'll have something interesting on that. Um, but, yeah, when it comes to Russia and what's happening right now, so the the big picture of this is that there's a lot of disinformation out there. There's a lot of propaganda, and I see people on both sides of the aisle buying it. The Russian strategy with this has been public. It, it's it's not a secret in any way, and they're doing exactly what they said what they've said they're going to do for you know years and years now. This is exactly what they've been saying they're going to do, and they're just acting upon it. Um, China's long-term goal works closely with Russia. They, they made a no-limits agreement. In other words, nothing is out of bounds right now. And if the U.S. and the Western world don't act strongly and understand that this is not just Russia, this is Russia, uh, this is China, this is North Korea, this is Iran, this is even parts of uh, Latin America, especially Cuba, and this is also parts of Africa, that the Western world... You know, this whole idea that we represent here in the United States and in East or in Western Europe, it's a small region compared to the, you know, the whole world. And if I think if uh, they become inactive as these countries continue to do exactly what they've been doing through influence or conquering or whatever else, uh, America's going to find itself increasingly, well, Europe's going to find itself increasingly weakened. They're already, their, their hands are tied behind their backs in a lot of ways. Uh, but America, if it doesn't act as you know, because America was, well, this is a bigger issue. America was kind of the military of the world. A lot of countries did not properly build their militaries because they depended on America to serve that role. Trump tried making it so that they would begin playing their own part. But basically, you have countries, free countries around the world with dismantled militaries because they were depending on America. And America, as they were depending on it, is no longer playing that role. And that is the scary message that's being sent right now. And America, if it does not play that role, is going to find itself increasingly isolated on the world stage by totalitarian regimes and by people even in this own, in our own country who want those ideas to be spread here. If nothing is done, this is the direction the world and the U.S. is heading in. Josh, you're normally, I have some words of hope. We've got 30 seconds. I'm encouraged, though, when I see people stepping up to run for office. Your thoughts? I fully agreed. I mean, okay, I, I, should, I should make a caveat that I'm actually still very hopeful uh, because actually I, I do see the cultural shift happening in the United States and the trajectory of that, uh, which does seem to be moving in that direction, Kim. And um, 
on that, actually, I really think in the midterms we're going to see a turn around this country. But you know, I might be too hopeful, but I really think we will, actually. Well, I think so, too. But each of us has to do our civic duty and do our part. Josh Phillip, it is always a treat to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. And our quote for the end of the show is from Aesop. He says, those who voluntarily put power into the hands of a tyrant must not wonder if it be at last turned against themselves. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them.